Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Landscurve Live. Landscurve.com is the site that you go to to catch everything that we've done over the last almost 23 years. And it's funny saying that because it was like yesterday when I said to myself, well, when I get online, I'm just going to be myself. I didn't know it was going to land me in a lot of trouble. It was going to earn me a lot of great people to meet and a lot of enemies. So I wouldn't do it any other way. I have to talk about this particular subject this morning. Uh, I have to go with surgical precision because, you know, in the year 2023, you really can't talk about things on other people's platforms, which I have to respect that. But the funny thing about these social media platforms in the very beginning, they were so nice and so welcoming to get you in. It's business. It's not about nice. I understand that. But now that they let it be known through their fine print that it's a business, if they don't like what you say, they can take things down. And I don't really even blame the social media platforms because they're getting paid a whole lot. And really and truly, many people who uh, use these platforms, they don't really understand how it works. It's all about those advertising dollars. The advertisers have more pull on these social media platforms like this one and every single other ones, unless it's set up to be independent, they have a lot of pull in what goes on. And there are people in so-called communities that have pull over the advertisers. Well, there are communities out here that have taken certain letters out of the alphabet, and pretty much run things. Is this a hate speech? No. I'm merely pointing some things out so we can know what is happening in the world around us and why it is so dangerous. And many people tell me in the past who may be part of those alphabet groups and the groups that claim the natural rainbow and turn it into something unnatural, that there is no agenda. They say, oh, no, there's no agenda. But it must be. It has to be. And it's so shrewdly executed that the world has been changed upside down, inside out, in a way where it's like we're in a bizarro world. And now that they got their foot in the door, which happened many years ago. And now they got the leg in the door, the whole body in the room. Now they're running things in the room. There was something a couple of years ago, I just want to hip you to this because I'm going to read some things or talk some things. I always want you to come away informed. I'm not going to sit here and talk about one aspect of things and it gets boring after a while. Because we are cerebral, we are intellectual, if we're not dumbed down, if we don't have a calcified pineal gland, I just want to say it's pronounced pineal, not pineal, okay? It sounds so ignorant when I hear people say pineal. It's not a needle. It's a gland, pineal, okay? Let's get that straight. But first things first, a couple years ago, there was a thing called the YouTube ad boycott the youtube ad boycott content creators who were around at that time 
know exactly what I'm talking about. And for those channels that were monetized, they took a big hit because YouTube, right? Let's do it this way. YouTube is like the pimp on the corner. And the advertisers are like the guys looking to solicit for sex. And the creators are the prostitutes. So YouTube is the pimp. And they put ads on our videos that the advertisers want to put out. And they take their cut like the pimp does. And the prostitutes or the creators, they get what they get. And last time I checked, I think it was 70-30, that YouTube takes 30% of the revenue and the creator gets 70%. And it's hard for it to get a little bit of revenue, of course. So most people do things to bounce off of their channel and have independent revenue streams like merchandise, consultations, different sessions that you can counsel a person on. Like say if I was a personal trainer and I had a channel that maybe wasn't monetized, I can still get money out of that channel by meeting the people who want to get in shape and I can do private consultations on how to get them fit and in shape. So there's ways around that. But for many who had monetized channels and didn't have any other revenue streams, they were screwed. Why? Because say, for example, you had Disney. Now, Disney's twisted. That's, that's maybe a bad example, okay, because Disney gets down with a lot of different odd spirits. Let's just pick something that most people know, Walmart. For those who are out of the country who don't know what Walmart is, that's a huge store that has damn near everything in it to sell. And they're all over the world, more so in other places, more so than not. Here in Accra, Ghana, or Ghana, you don't see Walmarts. Maybe they don't think that, you know, it's worth it. But say Walmart wanted to advertise something, something seasonal, something that they wanted to do a push to get increased sales. Well, they would go to YouTube and say, hey, YouTube, because YouTube's the pimp. Hey, I want to advertise on your platform. How much is it going to be? So, you know, if Walmart comes to YouTube, it's not going to be, well, just give me, give me $20. No, it'll be millions and millions of dollars because the reach of YouTube is so huge. So you're going to pay some money to advertise across YouTube. I'll speed this up. So what YouTube was doing before, they would just put out the Walmart ads or whoever else, not just Walmart, but the top 10 largest advertisers on YouTube who spent millions, if not billions of dollars to have their ads for their products or services placed on YouTube videos, right? But it's everybody, not just the top 10. So with the Walmart ad, it would go on a video. What YouTube was not doing was, was focusing and targeting that particular Walmart video or advertisement to a particular family of videos. So say, for example, if Walmart sold rifles and camping equipment, wouldn't it make sense for YouTube to target that ad to communities and different videos that talked about 
uh, uh, hunting and, and camping and rifles and stuff on that sort. If it's a fitness channel and Walmart was selling fitness equipment, you would target it. It makes sense to do it that way. Well, no. YouTube was quite lazy in how they targeted their ads. So what happened? The creators have no say-so in this, but the creators who received their 70% cut had to pay for it with strict rules. How do these two things come together and correlate with each other? Well, let me explain. YouTube didn't care to target their ads in that day a couple of years ago. So what did they do? You know, YouTube started out very innocent back in 2005. People didn't know what it was. It was nice to videotape a birthday party for your six-year-old and put it up so all of your friends and family and the classmates of that child can see it. It was nice. It wasn't diabolical. Those were back in the days when you can do whatever you wanted to do, and it was okay with YouTube. But right now, because of YouTube's laziness to target specific ads to certain communities and certain style of video, you had women, a lot of our sisters, a lot of, a lot of everyone who had videos twerking. They would be in their bedroom. Now they're all out in the street doing this stuff. But back in the day, those types of videos, and I may say there's nothing lewd, but you know what it is, it was called booty meat. Not booty meat, booty meat. Like meat, like steak, like chicken, a piece of meat. Booty meat. And so you had different young ladies who would wear something extremely short and tight, maybe some type of shorts that they can pull up and, you know, reveal their shape. And they would put on some music and whine around. Booty meat videos. So there are a lot of booty meat videos out there. You couldn't help. But you had to see these things. Now, one time it popped up on my screen. I clicked on it. I was like, look at this. This is crazy. Why did I do that? You know YouTube. If you click on one type of video, even if you don't subscribe, they start suggesting things to you of that same genre. <laughs> so back in the days when I was driving the bus, take a break right there, maybe two or three minutes before the bus pulls out, I whip out my smartphone and click on, on uh, YouTube. And then people standing around. You know, they can look over your shoulder, and all of a sudden the booty meat video pops up. And there was a guy, hey, man, I know what kind of stuff you look at on YouTube. I'm like, no, I don't. I saw it. They couldn't explain about algorithms. You don't know about that. To make a long story short, Walmart ads, Disney ads, family-friendly ads ended up on booty meat videos. And someone at Walmart or Home Depot, like I, I can't tell you exactly who, but they found this out. And they got very angry at YouTube. Said, hey, YouTube, we're giving you our millions, if not billions, of advertising revenue that you're gaining from, you're profiting from, and you put my ad on this? That's like you have a church function and you pass out the church function flyer 
in a titty bar. Well, most church folks would say that's the perfect place to pass it out because we have so many sinners there who need to come to church. <laughs> so what happened? YouTube pimp slapped the creators. They got mad at the creators. The creators don't know nothing about what goes on with advertising revenue. YouTube fell asleep at the wheel. YouTube failed on its watch, but they made the creators pay. They said, you guys now have to follow strict rules of content creation. And there's certain things you cannot do and certain things you cannot say because this is terrible what you all are doing. They didn't do nothing. You told them to come and upload stuff. I'm not against the booty meat videos. As long as it's a female. <laughs> I'm a man. Joking, y'all. But I don't hate booty meat videos. I'll tell you that much. But here's the thing. They made them pay, and not only that, YouTube hired thousands upon thousands upon thousands. I'm not saying it's a 50,000, but it was a couple of thousand monitors, real live human monitors to look over the videos one at a time and make sure that everything that the creators made were on the up and up. So now they curtailed your language. And then they began to curtail the things you can talk about if it was too fiery to insult somebody. So it wasn't a fair cross-section of people who were hired. They had the protocol, as it was explained, for them to operate and know to find the bad apples, but anybody in their right mind would see something and know this is not appropriate. But my question is, from the hiring pool, who were they, right? If you go to court, you have the right to be judged by your peers. There may be one or two who may not be identified as your peers, and it may be still when they interview you for jury duty and you say that you hate black people, they're not going to use you. That's the same if you say, I can't stand white people. They're not going to use you. If you say that America is the most wicked place on the planet, I'm not mad at anybody who says that. But they might say, no, you're not fit to serve. Well, YouTube didn't do that. And so while I don't have the exact statistics, the pool of who they had hired to monitor these videos it wasn't a group of peers who even on a percentage level look like me. So when I speak on issues that I know about and experienced and from where I stand, my perspective, if it was a bit fiery because I feel a passion for that topic, and oh, believe me, the best is yet to come, so hang tight if you're listening. Because that picture you see with the chains on the neck, that is... Uh, a lot, a lot to it, a lot going on. So now you might have, and I'm not mad at anybody for having their political beliefs, their religious beliefs, as long as you can execute the job that needs to be done, that YouTube hired you for. But I feel, and I'm on to something, and that was years ago, 
that those chosen for that job didn't look like me, didn't have to be where all of them did, but have a heart. If you're not in my community and I'm speaking about something that's very controversial to you, it may not be controversial to me. It may be something I have to live through and I'm speaking about it. But here in this modern day, and mind you, this is someone else's house. Right now on YouTube, I'm speaking, I'm in someone else's house. So when you go to someone else's house and they say, we don't allow smoking here, we don't allow drinking here, we don't allow profanity here, you have to abide by the rules of that house. So I'm not scared. I want to continue to be able to speak to my people through this platform and other platforms. So I'm going to respect what they say. But then when you have monitors who are hired on a temporary basis, we're not talking about a couple of weeks, but maybe it was before a year, year and a half, to corral in and straighten up how the ads are dispersed and how the content is there. Don't get mad at the content creators. We're here to talk express ourselves. But you have to understand it goes higher than that, which is a different subject. And the bottom line with that is you have to know that there are more strings being pulled than you can see. But what, do, what does the general consumer of YouTube know or even care? I can't even get mad at that. You go on, you want to see the content that you want to see. You want to be entertained. You want to be informed. You have certain people that you enjoy, that you follow and support. I'm not mad at you for that. I'm just hipping you to what really is going on. So that being said, they started to come after certain content creators. And the government got involved. This is more than just the YouTube ad boycott. Because those advertisers boycotted YouTube and YouTube's overall revenue fell. It was still there, but it fell. And they passed on the hit to the creators because we didn't have anything to do with that. YouTube fell asleep at the wheel. But they passed that on to say, now, we're not making as much money as we used to, and you all are going to feel it. So if you all don't do right, then it's going to be hard for you to make a little bit of money on the platform. The advertisers didn't care about that. So YouTube, to look good in front of, in front of the advertisers, blamed the creators. And then they hired these people who may have been some Republican, some right-wing, some KKK, right, to look over videos and they may have done a good job for general videos, but when you see me, and people like me speaking on things that they may not like about, to hear about, guess what? We got to strike this video. We got to strike this channel. Because black anger, black male anger expressed in a very passionate manner is threatening to certain factions of this community, and how dare you have a voice on this platform where we have the power to hit a button and silence you. And the government is involved in that because they try to label you as one who is a terrorist. And they had a term, uh, black identity um, 
not terrorists, but black identity something that the FBI came up with. And they scoured social media platforms for people like me who are passionate about the things that I see that have done wrong to my community. I've never called for the deletion of anyone. But they see that. See? When they see us, we could be like me, I'm five foot ten, about two hundred and forty pounds. When they see me in passionate mode, whether it's in person or not, I'm six foot eight and five hundred pounds without an ounce of fat on my body because they see you as the incredible Hulk, because now we're not used to this and we don't want to hear this. We want to see reality as we want to see it. You see? So this is how they get down. I just wanted to do that as a slight introduction to something. And I'm going to read something. I'm going to play something. I want you to bear with me. Well, you know what? Let me play this video first. And I'm going to then read. I'm going to say some things about it. But look at this picture to the right on the banner over thuggery. We see two black men with chains around their neck. And they're very close face-to-face. This is not a boxing match. Now, you know, sometimes you have with a boxing match, you have the press conference, like there are two boxers, two on the left-hand side. I'll speak about that. And that kind of ties into what I say, sissified thuggery. What choice do black men really have? And why I said the title that way was because we're not victims. Like, what choice do we really have? We have lots of choices. But it's advertising and propaganda to make us feel as though we don't have any other choice but to be a thug or a sissy or a rapper or some pimp. The same way that it's put out there in the media by the imagery that our sisters have nothing else better to do or the only options is something over-sexualized with themselves and presenting themselves as a plaything to be used by others and even makes them feel that it's true empowerment to use her divine sexuality to manipulate men. Hence this modern day movement, modern woman. Now, mind you, I'm not against a woman who is doing it for herself. I encourage that. I encourage that. I'm not against that. But the attitude that comes with it to put our black men down. While admittedly there are many black men who are not doing much with their lives, and there are some who are, but you don't see that on social media platforms because there is an agenda. There is an agenda to have us viewed a certain way. So even in our everyday life, we happen to go into a Maybe a small mom and pop supermarket as a black man. Well, they have security cameras and mirrors. But why is this man following me around? Why me? Well, maybe he's been robbed a couple times. But this is what happens when the mind is indoctrinated with this propaganda. So let me play this video. I turn the sound down. It's not a long video, but let me just tell you 
Well, I'll tell you after. I'm going to play it first. Let me remove this banner. And I'm going to hit this video so you can see. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about what this is. And people are running with it, and it's wrong. Here we go. This is only 43 seconds. Check it out. Okay, black men kissing, African, we're all African, placed over the whole planet, and people are going to get continue to say that and want to fight and argue about that. Get out of here with your identity crisis. That's who we are. But who made this video? Where did the pictures come from? Why are they pushing this on us? Are these pictures real? Let's go back to the banner. That's the one we'll focus on. But you just saw what I've been seeing. Now, how did I discover this? Well, you know when I make my banners, I could be somewhat of a pickpocket or a thief, technically, but I'm not. But I will go on Google and search for photos that are available that have no copyright restrictions on them and use them for my banner to, depending on the theme of what I want to share. And so I was looking for African faces created by artificial intelligence, which I can use it that way because you see a lot of the banners that I use with Dr. Ade, and we'll be back on tomorrow night for another one with Dr. Ade. Don't forget that. I haven't made the link yet, but I'll put it out there. But the AI-created ones have a, a, an impact. And there's some beautiful photos created. But then in my search, you know, when you throw out a net to go pull in certain fish, you'll always pull in a crab or two. You'll always run into something that you didn't mean to run into. So it wasn't this particular photo but it was one of those photos similar to that because there are thousands of photos out there floating on the Internet portraying black men as homosexual and more so African men with the tribal markings, the tribal paint on the face. You just saw it for yourself. And that was a video made of a few of those, but it's so much more than that. And they're always kissing. They're always kissing. And this is artificial intelligence that someone ordered and they came up with a whole bunch of these photos that are not real. But they want to strike me down for speaking passionately on the lies 
that I see, but the lies put out, they let it flow because it goes along with their agenda. And you tell me that there's no agenda? And just like this platform, which I'm broadcasting on many right now, they have their monitors to stream through and filter through on what's right and what's wrong. But they let these go through, targeting African males, portraying them in a certain light so that someone unsuspecting will see one of these photos or several of these photos and say, oh, this is commonplace on the motherland. And some people would say it's only a simple photo and it's got to be gay men over there in Africa. Unfortunately, there are some. They don't walk around and sashay the same way they do in America, feeling as though they have rights and they're far and few between. Right? They're everywhere. But this is a recruitment visual for those coming up who may be, may be seduced into something and now they see this as a viable option to live a certain way. Because with that, it's multifaceted. See, it's a spiritual thing, and we know that. You see, there are forces at work in an unseen manner on our psyches, on our mind, in our spirit, idle time, things that are suggested called propaganda, that we have it in our mind as an option. And we know, as we spoke about child predators before, that they are in every race, every ethnicity, every level of financial gain, no matter what religion. I think Catholicism uh, got their fair share a little more. <laughs> oh, maybe I said it now. This video might get taken down. But you know what? Sometimes you just got to say what you got to say. But that type of thing, it's across the board. And I can believe that that type of thing with these dirty old men. We have some dirty old men here in the motherland also who see young girls as nothing more than a sperm receptacle. They'll give them a couple of bills, money, depending on what country you're in, you're going to call it something different, so I won't even say what it is. In America, it's the dollar. Here in Ghana, it's the CD. And have them perform acts on them. And that young girl pretty much will do it because she sees the money that maybe her mother needs, and she'll do it. But it doesn't stop there. There are a lot of dirty old men, and again, and it's not just in the motherland. I'm only saying this because these photos that you just saw on that video portrayed men in the motherland in that light. There are a lot of young boys out here who want and need money. 
There are a lot of dirty old men that do not care who it is servicing them. So they'll slip the young boy some money. And the young boy will begin to service that dirty old man. When I say service, I'm not going to say it. You know exactly what I'm talking about, performing an act. And that young boy gets used to doing this. And it's not something that's off the table now. He's a teenager. He likes women. But now he's engaging in certain activities with men because it was not taboo when he was younger. But as he gets older, he begins to have this struggle now because he knows that it wasn't proper to do. And that was an improper situation that put a seed in his mind because his first sexual contact is the one that has the most impact on your subconscious mind. This is something that I know through talking to thousands of people in the various jobs that I've had that dealt with lots of people that I got to know, and especially here on social media. And long before social media came around, I had a chance, and I've always been that guy that people can talk to. I would never put your personal business out there, but I tell you, this is what I know. Your first imagery of sexuality, your first uh, experience with sexuality the early experiences that were so impressionable to your mind has a big, big effect in molding what you become. It doesn't define you, but it's there. I know women who were molested by women. And they have boyfriends. They have husbands. And they're basically straight. But in their deepest, darkest thoughts, the thought of another woman being there with them when they're having sex is a major turn on. The same with men. Many would never act out on these things. But in their deepest, darkest, masturbatory thoughts, these things creep in and hit them hard. And it follows them for the rest of their life although they will never tell anybody. But many do act on it, and then it opens the door for different things. So, this is suggestive, su suggestive programming to keep putting these images out. Because as you well know, the focus now is to push this agenda on Mother Africa. See, it's almost like Star Trek, Africa, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the LGBTQ enterprise, a lifetime mission to explore strange new countries, to seek out people who are not down with the agenda, to boldly go where no gay agenda has gone before. The same thing is being done here. And with the population growth and the young population of Africa, no matter what country it's in, pretty much, we're going to overtake the world. And as they wake up and get away from these politicians to a compromise by Eurocentric desires, to give up the resources of gold and diamonds and cocoa and all the other things. Once they wake up and get these people 
out of position and say, wait a second. We have everything we need right here. Why are we, as an African, depending on what country you're in, so poor with so much resources underfoot? And not only that, but no matter how lucrative the resources can be, the biggest resource in Mother Africa is the mines of the African population. See, once the mind is straight, pun intended, family intact, the hierarchy that is so powerful coming down from countless thousands of years. Because, see, our history goes back that far, although in the American schools, they don't want to talk about it. Rob DeSantis doesn't want to have things in history about us taught. They can only go back so many thousands of years. I heard six, but we go back countless. We're the caretakers of this earth. We're the original of this earth. But the perception must be changed so that we appear to be something that we are not. Hence this photo that you see. Put out there so you have a gullible young child who keeps seeing stuff like this. And mind you, I feel this is only the beginning, but this is targeted toward Africans. They don't like it, how fertile our sisters are. They don't like it, how virile our brothers are. They have most of their minds colonized already, so we've been reduced for the most part, to a docile, subservient state of mind. Because of religion and because of Christianity, when we see the white Jesus, we bow down to anyone who looks like that white Jesus when they come here and feel as though they're the best of the best and let them go where they want to go and take what they want to take. Because if that is a person who looks like Jesus, we'll be blessed no matter how poor we are. We're being pushed to be everything else to everybody and not the threat that our natural existence brings to them. We're almost apologetic because of that. Many Caucasian women come down here as a tourist and they have their pick of the black men here who feel that that Caucasian woman is the creme de la creme and that that's a step up to be with them. No matter how cottage cheese looking their thighs are, how pale they may look, how scuzzy their teeth look and green, no matter what they look like, they automatically spring into action to treat them like the queen that they're not. While overlooking their own beautiful sisters, there are a lot of beautiful African women out here. Oh, my God. Not even wearing no, don't even look at what you see on social media. Not even wearing no makeup with nothing on. No makeup on. No going to the gym. They're eating natural foods, beautiful shapes, beautiful demeanors. Pretty teeth. Pretty eyes. Warm. The agenda is to break up the black family worldwide and especially 
foundation of the African family and turn it out into something else. So if they can take the man and turn him out to go after another man, there goes the family. But see, when the enemy plots and plans, you got to understand that it's not something for the next weekend. The foundation is being laid on our subconscious minds so that years from now, if they have it where there are no men for the women, right? And those who are outspoken, the propaganda machine and the wheels will turn to come against them. And the women will eventually turn to the women or turn to the other men and turn into booty. Like I said, go ahead in the dictionary and look up the word booty. And I've done it before, but if you're the first time here, let me just go on ahead and Google booty definition and explain why. What is the meaning of, of booty from the Oxford Languages Dictionary? Valuable stolen goods, especially those seized in war. I got to say this over and over again because if you heard me say it, you heard me say it. There are people here who are new. You see what I mean? Example, something gained or won. The company has still got warehousefuls of money in the bank thanks to the booty from earlier capital raising exercises. Booty. But we as black men, especially in America, we refer to our women as booty. Man, I'm on a dry spell, man. I need some booty tonight. That girl looking good. Booty. So what are you subconsciously training yourself to think and say? Valuable stolen goods, especially those seized in war. Our sisters are being seized in the war of our separation, the propaganda in our mind placed by the enemy through their advertising and social media campaigns to see them as less. And we call them booty subconsciously. We're admitting that we're in a war that we're losing because our sisters have become valuable stolen goods. They're valuable. They bring our next generations into being. They're stolen. It's their bodies that are put out there. They're beautiful, sexy, lovely bodies put out there to titillate other men. And we go along with that. Yay. Hey, I'm titillated, not when they present it that way, but in the confines of my own bedroom, in my home that I've earned her love and I've earned her comfort. The loving that she, I'm speaking symbolically, right? The loving that she gives me is so soothing and so warm. Yes, I'm talking about sex. But we just compartmentalize sex and call our women this and use them as glorified friction providers, a term that I coined. But it's deeper than that. When you as a man who worked hard all day, whether as a cerebral person who uses their mind to earn or someone who labors, whichever way, as long as you're gainfully working and earning, there's no shame in anything that you do. 
and you had a rough day. And you're coming home to the designated place. That's like the charger for a cell phone. It's like that plug to the battery that charges the battery up. Home. Sounds like womb. When you're in the womb, you're being fed. You're being nourished. You're being protected. And you're growing. And you're safe. Well, when you come home, that's home base. And it sounds like womb, but it's not a womb now. It's a home. And you as a grown man and woman and children come home to be fed, come home to be protected, nourished in many ways, not just food. So when you, as a man, you're coming home to your wife, oh, man, the comfort. And I'm not chauvinistic saying that all women should be barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen and just serving up the meal for the man because I have to take my hat off to all of our homemakers who are women and the brothers, right? The situation is different. That is not an easy job to get up in the morning time before the children and prepare the meals, get their clothes together that you washed probably on the weekend or the day before, press them out got them ready. Usually you took them into school, whether you dr drove. If you don't drive, you get on public transportation with them. Take some here take to the schools. Come on back home, maybe take a nap and prepare that dinner for your family. You're cleaning the house. You're washing things. You're taking phone calls. You're paying bills. That is not an easy job. But that is not even valued anymore in our world. We look at that as just something less because that homemaker may not be making or earning money. We look at anything now in our brainwashed state that if we're not giving of ourselves to earn money, that what we're doing has no value. But tell me this. How is it that the children are clean, clean clothes, well-rested, well-nourished, ready to learn? How is it that that husband can go out there strong and deal with the demons out there that come at him for being a successful, clean black man? It's because of that homemaker, that wife. But they don't want you to believe that that's good anymore, that you have to be separate and against each other, hence the other agenda of turning us in on each other, which is sickening to me. And any one of you who get on YouTube with that bullshit, I can't stand you. We're always going to have situations in life where we deal with somebody and it's not favorable. But for you to get up on YouTube and demonize all black men, there's something wrong with you. And you're working for the enemy. And if you get up here and talk about all black women like they're so bad, there's something wrong with you. And you're working for the enemy. As I heard it said many times before, when we speak of white supremacy, we know the KKK is the lower end of things. But they don't have to work as hard anymore because we're doing the job of the enemy, tearing ourselves down. We can't stand to see us do good. We speak death into each other's endeavors. So me, I cut them all out. That's going to lead me into the last part of what I want to say, but I'm still speaking about this particular part now.
It's sickening. I want to read something quick, and I'm going to drop this in the bottom of the description area after this is over so you won't see it now. I'm not going to read the whole thing because this is a lengthy article with a whole lot of points, but maybe I might go on a roll. Maybe it's not that. Maybe if it's something that I see. I read a little bit of it, but I'm going to read it now. So there might be some words in there that get me. I don't know. This is a article by or on a site called pagetraffic.com, which you got to understand with old Lanskerv. I may talk about certain things, but my interests are vast. And from a kid, a child at single-digit ages, I was always interested in advertising. I can't say that I said I'm interested in advertising, but I was always intrigued by the magazines because I was one who couldn't stop reading, and I love magazines. And I would see the ads in the magazine and think to myself, who are they trying to get to buy this product? I would really think that. I wouldn't say it that same way because I was a child. I'm six or seven years old. I'm not going to say it that way. But I found it interesting that I would look at different types of magazines because, you know, I love the sport of boxing, bodybuilding. I used to collect other comic books. But whenever I would go to a newsstand, and I used to love to go to the newsstands in Manhattan, Midtown Manhattan. It was one on 42nd Street that I loved. And I would always pick up five or six magazines that I wanted to see. And then I'd pick up two or three other types of magazines that had nothing to do with any of my basic interests. Because I wanted to learn. I wanted to see different worlds. I wanted to see what was going on. And with these different types of magazines, I would see different ads targeting certain people. Now, for example, the way they market certain products and target it towards certain products, you can buy anything you want. You can leave the black community and go into a Chinese community and buy anything you want. They're not going to turn away your money. But pretty much when they have products in the Chinese community, it's aimed at their people. Although they welcome your outside money, that makes it better for them. So back in the day, I realized, I've come to realize that when I saw the advertisements of the magazine ads for Lincoln Town Cars, back in that day, they were targeting white men in their 50s, 60s, and above that earned a certain amount of money, usually near 100000 or above, conservative in their lifestyle, married, children off, not only just in school, but grown and doing their own thing. So they're empty nesters. And it was a certain type. So when you see, like say, for example, when they used to advertise the Chrysler 300, even though they still make those anymore, but you all had to remember that, Chrysler 300, they would invest heavily in Essence Magazine, Ebony Magazine, magazines that dealt with black people, the BET Awards, and you see a Chrysler 300. That fascinated me. So when you see this, these collection of photos of black Africans kissing, not only is it an advertisement, because there's nobody in Africa looking for that kind of stuff, although we have that faction here, in minute amounts, but it works opposite to stimulate you 
to intrigue you, to put something in front of your face to kind of guide your movement towards something. And if you keep seeing it enough, not so much us who are grown and know the deal, but if our young children that we're teaching right from wrong, they keep seeing this, but nobody's looking. They might reach for something like that of the photo that you see on the banner of the two men kissing, which is not indicative of what Africa is all about. But they know again with our young population and our propensity for procreating that we will overtake those who have low birth rates. I didn't say who, because they came at me for saying that one time. I'm not saying who. There's some who are having these issues with their birth rates, and they're importing in others who look like them to boost up the numbers. They've been doing this in countries all over the world to whitewash us out. But they ain't whitewashing Africa, okay? <laughs> the ground is fertile. The women are fertile. The men are virile. So they got to find a way to take your natural desires and turn it around to something else other than what it is by this propaganda of the mind. You see? The propaganda of the mind. So I'm going to read this article, a part of it, and I'll share it with you from Page Traffic. And it's basically a website that keeps you hip to what's going on with digital marketing and and, and gaining customers online. That's why they call it page traffic. And I look at things like this on the regular because it helps me because I have a website, landscurve.com. Y'all need to go there and leave some comments and just check it out. Because I've worked very hard over the years on that website, which has all the things we do on YouTube and social media, my writings and my artwork and different things and my experiences. That's my journey. That's my dash. What do I mean by that? When you see a tombstone and you see 1963 and whatever it will be when I transition, there's a dash in between that represents your life that we don't know the dash when we see a tombstone or somebody we don't know. Maybe they'll have digital chips that has our whole life there and puts it up on the screen. But this is my dash because I've poured out so much of my life and perspective and experiences. I really don't, I'm not pushing it on everybody. But the people who know me and love me and my family, grandkids, great-grandkids and all that stuff, when I have it, they'll see it. So this is why I do have a financial aspect where you can donate and keep it going. Because it is costly every year. But others can gain inspiration from that. But here, let me start this article. Eight types of propaganda techniques used in advertising with examples, right? Advertising uses suggestive videos. Now, keep this in mind as I read this, what you just saw with the several African men kissing. Advertising uses suggestive videos and text to increase your desire for consumer goods services, and concepts. The belief propagated by propaganda, however, might be the driving force behind people buying what is marketed. Propaganda manipulates your emotions to persuade you to purchase particular goods, services, and viewpoints through advertising. 
These advertisements could be in the form of the usual billboard ads, newspaper ads, digital ads, and more. If your company prefers running digital ads, then consider getting a professional agency for PPC services. They will speak like this because, you know, this is what they do. Okay, let's move it down a little bit. Advertisers guide your shopping behavior by appealing to your repressed impulses to be wealthy, attractive, or popular. Advertisers employ propaganda to persuade consumers to spend money on something they deem attractive. These strategies may sound lame, but they are very effective when put to use. Several top brands have used them in the past and are also using them currently in their ad campaigns. Sometime back, you could only see these ads on TV. But now with the rise of digital platforms, you can see such advertisements on almost all social media platforms. As YouTube ads cost less than TV channel ads, companies prefer them over the latter. And mind you, keep in mind what you saw with those two Africans kissing and understand how they use this stuff to get to our minds. What is advertising? Advertising uses multimedia techniques to spread the word about goods, services, and concepts in a variety of settings. Advertising is structured to entice its audience to try the products, even though the consumer might not be eager to do so. Newspapers, magazines, the internet, billboards, television, and shopping centers all have advertising that penetrates our thoughts and shapes our mind about a particular product or service. Let me say lifestyle, or rather death style, because there ain't no life coming out of it. Advertising promises people that, consume, that consuming the items, services, and ideas given will improve their lives through dramatic graphic presentations. Exaggerating the truth in advertising is a tactic used to sway consumers' opinions, alter their purchasing patterns, and increase profit. Additionally, propaganda adverts frequently employ a lot of techniques to intentionally shape public opinion and mood. What is propaganda? Propaganda and advertising are both potent media tactics that are frequently difficult to distinguish. The enormous amount of consumer data that is currently available forces traditional advertising to evolve its strategies because it uses the same multimedia formats as advertising to disseminate its message. Propaganda in advertising is similar Advertising. Contrary to advertising, propaganda does not aim to promote the purchase of a good service or viewpoint. Propaganda is a visual presentation designed to alter public perceptions of a specific person or subject, more like a sales campaign. Two African men kissing. 
the long-lasting impact of propaganda on educational systems and consumer perception is a widely debated topic among the advertising community. You get where this whole ad is going. I'm going to read a little more. Why advertisers use propaganda in advertising? The purpose of propaganda is to spread a message to a large audience with the intent to influence or change their opinions. Two African men kissing. Depending on what the propagandist is trying to promote, these influences may be skewed or downright false. Are you listening? I must say it again. Depending on what the propagandist is trying to promote, these influences may be skewed or downright false. Sometimes the concept of propaganda is used to inspire or motivate people, while other times it is used to give the impression that the propagandist intended to make on a certain audience. While some forms of propaganda present versions of the truth that could be compared to actual products, other forms are essentially false and deceptive. Benefits of propaganda include the ability to shape and mold people's opinions, two African men kissing, which frequently results in the desired response from the target audience, two African men kissing, in terms of people's beliefs regarding what the propaganda is advocating, two African men kissing, the effect of this can be quite potent and strongly mesmerizing to our children. Additionally, it could elicit feelings in a particular reaction to or attitude toward the propagandist perspective. The victim of the propaganda in advertising would then think that the choice they made was autonomous and of their own free will. Two African men kissing. It conveys a message and powerful themes to an audience that, if it is successful, can overwhelm and profoundly influence the audience. Now, let me go back. For those who just came, they say, why does God talk about two African men kissing? We're going to go back again and play this thing again so you can see 43 seconds of artificial intelligence. This is not real. These photos look real, but they have taken artificial intelligence and created these images to strike the subconscious minds of our children and some adults who are on the edge, who are on the fence and want to do something homosexual, but they just can't. You know, they, they don't believe in it, but they want to do it. So our children, propaganda, not real or skewed. Now they got artificial intelligence. Watch this for another second for those who just came in.
damn shame. Let's go back. We got to break these things down. We have to examine everything that enters our mind. We have to filter everything that enters our mind. And while many of us are chasing the bag and working overtime and our children being exposed, latchkey children or children who are looked over by family members who are not really educating them. We, we, we have the minds of our children first. And what they're teaching in these schools, that propaganda, they got a book called The Gay BCs. Why are you suggesting these books and having these freaks teach this stuff to our children? And you can't say anything against this. This is not proper. And you tell me there's no agenda? And you say I'm saying hate speech? I'm going to let you come up in my home to my most precious, my children. You can't get my wife. And I'm saying this symbolically. You can't get me because I'm already set in my heterosexual righteous ways. So you want to come after the children. What's the guy's name? Dwayne Wade. They'll promote him because he's backing what they say is the decision of his of his son to be a girl. And something is on the chopping block once he turns 18. And they support this. And his wife, the actress, whatever her name is, is, is insignificant because what they're doing, I'm not giving them no more fame, but what I'm saying is that they, they, they applaud this. Kamala Harris came over to Ghana to offer aid to Ghana, who is cash-strapped right now. But in exchange for the money given, you must lighten up and allow these agendas to come over into Ghana. It's 2023, four years after the year of return, several years after the Black Panther movie where they gave you something in an engineered fashion, time just right. Black Panther and the year of return. I didn't come here because no year return. I came here because we were coming here. I didn't come here for, for being a victim of some propaganda. You see, on a side note, I have to say that so many of us will only accept who and what we are when that other one validates it in their media. Now we want to get out and get the kente cloth, and now we want to get the onks, and now we want to talk about African spirituality. We don't know one thing about anything about ourselves. But when they put it in their movies officially, we eat it up. But there's a lot of sugar in the poison. And while it inspired some who took it the right way, why can't they take that same money that they spent in Hollywood to teach us our real history in school? But they don't want to do that. They don't want to teach the real thing. They'd rather give you 
something that can be looking larger than life, not meant to expose you to the true self, but something fictional that doesn't exist. And we are so hungry to know who we are that we look at many of the black bookstores that used to exist in our communities, and we'll walk past that. We'll thumb through YouTube videos, and we're not going to listen to someone like Dr. Aday or Francis Cress Welsing. We don't want to hear that part. But when they give it to us in a fictional way, we eat that up as though it's the real article. Ain't that something how we're wired? And so now the advertiser year of return, and we're coming here en masse, and you have celebrities, and you have uh, 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 a Steve Harvey, and you, and you have a Dave Chappelle, which I'm down with him, but I'm watching all of them. And they come here, T.I. and whoever else came here. Now it's fashionable to come to Africa because your enemy has deemed it appropriate to come and embrace And in your mind, you have the template of Wakanda and the Black Panther. And they've used that as a double-edged sword. And these are things I know. Let me tell you something. Go on and Google Black Panther. And you'll see nothing but images from the Black Panther movie. And you'll say, well, what's wrong with that? It used to be where you'd pull up pictures of Black Panthers, but more so secondary to that. And I'm not mad at being secondary because Black Panther, you Google Black Panther, if I Google uh, White Tiger, or something, I'm going to expect that. But in the Google search engines, they have minimized the imagery and the articles on the Black Panther Party. Now, if you Google that as the Black Panther Party, you will specifically be brought to those articles and images. But they have flooded out. Now, see, we don't, we don't know how to search a lot of us. Oh, put in there Black Panther. I want to see about the Black Panther Party. Put in there Black Panthers. And all you're going to see is imagery from the Black Panther movie, which has flooded out and distanced your grasp or your ability to pull up something that you need to know in our recent history. And I say recent because even though that may have been in the 60s, that's just the other day. When we talk about going back thousands and thousands of years, more so long before your enemy came into this earth. So when you talk about propaganda, it's it's so many different ways that our minds are attacked and so many different ways that things are, are removed from our grasp that we would feed on that would strengthen and empower us. But they will feed us with stuff that will not strengthen and empower our black minds. So we feel as though we have nowhere to go. We feel as though we don't have or we haven't contributed anything into history when in fact everything that they tout as theirs came from us, the vast majority. And when they say that this person made this and made that, it's usually one of us in the background that created it. We cannot rise 
under their watch. And when I, again, I say when I say what choice do black men really have, we don't have much of a choice, yet we do have much of a choice. And what do I mean by that? If we think in the context of just existing in their system, their man-made engineered system that is made to keep us down, well, I can't. I, I can't really agree with that, Lance. Because look at that. I mean, uh, Barack Obama made it, and uh, you know, uh, uh, Jay Z and Beyonce. They, oh, you're lying. It's you're trying to push propaganda because many of you people, many of you blacks, have made it and have lots of money. Yes, because they're allowed to. You think anybody can get on Oprah Winfrey's show and talk like this? Because she's bought and sold. Hook, line, and sinker. She can't. Her and Gail. Whatever happened to a Stedman? Stedman or Stedman, whatever. Where he at? Let's say it the ignorant and way. Where he at? Your Oprah. Where's Stedman at? He's a cardboard, cutout, paper-thin facsimile of a black man who... No substance behind him. I know he's a businessman, and I know all of this stuff. But what impact is he doing or giving to the people? He ain't laying up with Oprah. We all know what's going on with that. Hey, more power to him. Keep it behind closed doors. Do what you want to do. But let's not lie about it. Let's call it for what it is because we know what her agendas are. That's why she's been around so long. Yeah, she's living. And when I say around so long, I don't mean just living. I mean at the forefront and influential. But trust and believe. I don't care how powerful you are in their system. If you're, if you're not being used as a tool to push their propaganda and you speak against what their goals are, you're gone. you out of there. They will cut your bank accounts, they will cut your influence, and people won't want to deal with you. People say Kanye is a trailblazer and he's working for the black community. No, he ain't. He's still caught up in that. But look and learn from what happened when he spoke out against those who run Hollywood in the entertainment industry. They came after him to cut his money. They tried to destroy him that way. Now, I'm a little fuzzy on everything because I'm not trusting things as, as they present it now. I'm still watching. But there's no way they're going to push anyone speaking against the image that you see here that's not real. It's fake. Fake imagery. Like Donald Trump said, fake news. This is fake imagery to influence you. I read the article so you can see it. I'm going to drop the article. Before I even put it in, the computer might pop off or who knows, lightning bolt might hit. <laughs> I'm not going to read the rest of this, but I want you to read this. We have to share information. And if you find anything interesting of note that we can talk about, I'm down to talk about it. Okay, now let me just put the title with that. If you just see a link, most people won't even see it. Let me just go ahead and take my time and do this. Bear with me, everybody, because we want to we want to learn. We want to go out of the box. That mental crab barrel, that repetitious 
imagery and videos and things suggesting to us. Let me tell you something. My mind gets blasted just like anybody else because I'm always on social media. Now, those who study my algorithms, artificial intelligence, and they know what to present to me, they know that throwing me a picture of a line of cocaine will do nothing to me because I don't desire that stuff. I don't do drugs. <laughs> they know that trying to get me frustrated with thuggery and get me caught up in stuff that they use your anger against you. Now, let me get this link right because this thing is not even trying to let me share it right. Okay, hold on. Let me see. Okay, I see it there. They slick. They slick. I'm trying to sh share the link, and they chopped off part of the URL. So if I you know, put it in the uh, comment section, and it won't go through right. Let me know if this is clickable to you, okay? Let me just hit this in the uh, chat room. And just anybody, even if you don't want to look at it right now, just click that link. Uh-oh, I put it in wrong. It's supposed to be HTTPS. See that? See that? They took the S out. I'm going to put it in again. Click on both and see. There it is. I put it in by itself. Okay. Let's make sure because if not, I'll just put it in the description area below. But those who are watching this video in the future as a video, because this is live now, I'm still going to put the link in the description area below. In this particular video, as always, is going to go on landscurve.com. I encourage everybody to go to landscurve.com and vibe there. Your comments there will last forever. Sometimes you put comments on YouTube and they take them down. But I run that. That's my blog, my website. You see it there, landscurve.com. So let me look at this article a little more. I think pretty much that drove the, uh, uh, everything home. Um, they, they have different types of prop propaganda used and advertised. I'm not going to read each section, but one is called card stacking. Two is testimonial. Three is bandwagon. Four is stereotyping. Five is transfer technique. Six is glittering generalities. Seven is fear appeals. And eight is plain folks. If you understand these techniques, don't think that they just throw an ad up. When, when, when multi-million and billion dollar companies put an ad out, they have specialists that they specialize in this thing. The best way to attract you to absorbing the contents of their ad, which is laced with the poison of propaganda. And if that person is not effective, or when they have their corporate roundtable meetings where these people, these companies, these advertising companies are hired to create an ad for a product, a service, or a state of mind, and they chop it up, they will even argue. Well, Bill, I know you've been with this company for 34 years, but God damn it, I don't think that's the right way to do things. We should so-and-so. And they argue. Walk past each other in the hallway. They know each other for all these years because they're mad at the fact that one wanted an idea over the other. This is real. They have a targeted audience. Who do you think the targeted audience was in the pictures of the black men kissing? 
Who do you think? I'm going to rub it in your faces and show it one more time for the people who just came here. What do you think this is all about? 43 seconds, y'all. Here we go again. And again, this is not real. As we discover how we are African, those who are in the diaspora, who are never taught who we were, we are met with these images that are laced with the poison of propaganda. Look at the people standing around in the photos. There's a, there's a couple of other ones where people are standing and they have the, art, the uh, imagery and everything. So everything gay. It's not black men. Birds are looking around. People looking around. Like this is something common. African love. Ain't that something? And they say AI photos. So if you think I'm lying, look at that. But we're not going for that one. That's a boxing. I'm going to play this again. Chains around your mind and your neck. Kissing each other with tribal paint on your face. And they got all the African things that we wear, the necklaces and the things, chains all around. Look at that. People around stand around. This is all right. You better not do that out here. <laughs> Understand this. Once these images go out, and we absorb them, we can never bring it back. We can never, ever bring what we saw back. I had to say that. I had to share that. And I think I knocked out my, uh, oh, no, there it is. There it is. We've been here for an hour and 22 minutes. There's something else I wanted to speak about. I will be speaking about this even deeper. But do know as black men, I asked the question, what choice do black men really have? When I said that again, it doesn't mean that we don't have a choice and we have, we have to go in for this stuff. No. When I said that, the rest of the title, which is longer, because I don't put the whole title because it's too much to read, and the more characters you put on the banner, the smaller the fonts have to be, and people are thumbing through stuff. That's why I said, sissified thuggery. One end of the spectrum, they want you to be sissified, and the other end, they want you to be thugs. Right? So the title of this, Sissified Thuggery, what do black men really have in this society? I said, what do I should have put choice? I forgot that. I'll correct that later on. I'll correct that later on. I was zooming to get this thing out. Excuse me all for the typo. But in this system, in this society that is not created by them, see, they want to use us as tools to keep their system going. When they brought us over from the motherland, and we were all over the world already, so stop saying that, oh, it's not just Africa. Yes, the whole planet is Africa long before these other people came to be. So that stops you in your tracks. Okay? But they used us physically and spiritually. Our strength on all levels. They used our loins for their pleasure. They used our vaginas and our anuses and our penises and you, any which way they used every part of us with no waste whatsoever. And it left us in a place 
where we were made to see ourselves only of value when we were valuable to the slave master. So our only validation is how good they can use us. We weren't thinking about the choices that we, and we had no choice at that time, but now that we do, with resistance, trying to break away from that psychological stronghold, if you have any indication of something that they don't approve of, here they come with a Karen questioning you. Um, hello, Phyllis. You know, we've been working. Um, I think you started here like eight years ago. We go to lunch all the time. Yes, I'm Karen. And you've always straightened your hair. It's always nice styles that you had. And you always wore nice jewelry. You have some really nice pieces. But as of late, I I have to admit, and I think I can talk to you like this, but you, you've been, I've noticed on your desk there's, there's these books that speak about uh, the history of Africa and liberation and revolution in the titles, and I'm feeling a little uncomfortable because we haven't been going out to lunch as much. And when when we go with all the girls, you you kind of standoffish now, and um, I just feel uncomfortable. Did I did I say anything to you? Now, even more so, you 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 don't straighten your hair no more, and you're wearing it natural. Why? It was beautiful the way it was. I don't see you wearing your jewelry anymore. You wear these big clunky African things with pendants and faces and colors and you know I saw you at Walmart the other day and you you had on the shiki you had this it was beautiful but you, you don't do any other thing anymore it's, everything's about Africa and just want to do you hate me or you, you don't really we don't talk anymore <laughs> it bothers them them. This is how they do. And yes, AI is dangerous. You better walk with receipts throughout your day. When you go to the ATM and take out money, don't rip out that receipt and, you know, we rip it up because we don't want anybody to look at it. They can't do nothing anyway, but we rip it up. You go to the store, it stamps the time. You see a security camera, you look at it in a wave. Make a funny face. Remember the time that you walked through that store because they can take AI and make it appear that a person robbed a bank. They could take AI and although they're not going to replicate a crime or when you delete somebody off of this earth, they can make it where it looks like you running away from the scene of the crime, implicating you in that crime. So we don't even need the fingerprints anymore. Maybe it's not always necessary. Because they put out the imagery of what they want to affect you and infect you. Then what are they going to do? Now, we watch the news. We believe the imagery of what the news puts out. How do we know that they're not going to start implementing artificial intelligence in these wars that are currently going on now? Huh? What's the dividing line between fiction and reality? We don't know anymore. 
So you need to pull yourself away from the system, but use the system in a way where you cover your behind. If you go to a pharmacy to pick up medication that you shouldn't really be using, I'll crack a joke with somebody who's there and make them remember me. So a week and a half later, when they try to lock me up and say that I was somewhere else doing something that was against the law, I can say no. I was in the pharmacy at that particular time. I got the receipt, and that person is going to remember me. We know we have to move in a covert manner in some areas of our life, but we have to get documentation and receipts for everywhere we go. See, we got to be shrewd because we're the tools that they have no use for. And they're changing everything around in the world. Artificial intelligence, digital money, the digital dollar or whatever uh, currency you use in your particular country, and AI taking away jobs. Certain jobs can't be taken away, but automated situations can be taken away. Look at the strike that's going on with the folks in Detroit. I believe it's Ford. I'm not sure who else is involved. And they're bringing in all of these migrants. Okay, come the legal way. And we all who have family in other countries have those who have come a different way. My older cousin female who molested me when I was five years old was here legally. Technically, right? So I'm not some guy who's an American who says we shouldn't come here, but they're turning around, turning away folks from Haiti, but they're allowing others to come in. What are they trying to do to manipulate the population ratios and percentages? A young lady called me the other day and let me know how a lot of the migrants that they're bringing in, they're getting union jobs. How do you get that with no Social Security and no citizenship? And paying them good. You think they're going to have them sitting around doing nothing? They're going to replace us. And AI is going to replace us. And the digital dollar is going to shut us out from our side hustles. Peep the game, y'all. Look beyond what they put on Instagram. You know how much women they show me shaking their ass? They got to keep them distracted. Send them some more. <laughs> I'm like, move it along. I know they do that to me because you ain't going to get me with cocaine or crime or anything. You're going to get me with women. I may not be out there active, but it's like a, a, a person who is in uh, uh, the National Guard, they have not been activated. If there's ever going to be an issue with me going crazy on something, it'll be that because that has always been my righteous weakness. But I try my best to keep it in check. I'm only a man. So they come at you with whatever your weakness is and suggest other things. But we're about to step into a whole different world. In early 2019, would you really have thought that things would be the way they are now? Even though they have relaxed the mandates, the social distancing, the jab and the mask, 
They're already coming with something else similar and and bringing this back, reactivating it. And it's going to be a tighter noose around our necks. So adjust yourselves in this life. Adjust yourselves to be able to survive the tightening of the noose to change this whole world and this planet where you think, oh, no, not me. Don't you remember that time when everybody had to work at home? Huh? How, how things changed, but it touched you in a certain way. And now they gave us that little bit of a sample. But when it comes back stronger, we're going to fall into place because we know how to deal with it by listening to them. It was ridiculous. But it's coming back. And it's coming back worse with some other things that if you speak on social media in a way that those who pull the strings don't favor, they will limit the money or digital money because you don't have it in your hand anymore. It's like a little boy or a little girl. Mommy, can I have money for ice cream? You've been eating too much ice cream. No, I'm not giving it to you. Now, that's not the child's money, but the mother or the father would, you know, regulate. Well, the governments will regulate because they are behind the social media platforms. The social media platforms are an entity to themselves, but they're working arm in arm and hand in hand. Can't you see that? The other day I was going to sign up for another way for donations to come in. And I was told, no, don't go on that platform. Go on this one. I said, why? Because on that one, to verify yourself, you have to present a photo of your passport. Well, I said, this is a reputable platform. They said, yes, it is. But once they have that information and if the government requests it, you're done. You see? So there's so many ways in. There's no more privacy. They already know how many hairs are around your anus. Yeah, I said it. You got no privacy. And even if the sun don't shine there, the government knows what's down there. You see? There was something else I wanted to speak on really quick. I was going to put a good amount of time to it. Because you see those two boxers on the other side below the Scurve logo. And I'll go through this quick. I wanted to put a visual up as I speak on it. And let me go there. Let me see how I can go there. Let me remove this one. And add on. Let me stop that screen. And let me present another screen. I'm not going to play the sound. I just want to, even the sound in that particular video I'm about, about to play is really poor, is low. But I will tell you what it is that they're saying. And um, I'm, going to let, I'm, going to, I'm going to speak about it right now because that's the part of the thuggery aspect of this particular program. Now, I have to speak to Brother Issa Muhammad going to have him come on. I told him 11.30 East Coast time. But we went over. So I'm going to talk about this in a brief manner. I can drive the point home, but I probably will talk about this more in depth 
this is just a starting point for me to speak on this, right? So I'm going to explain the scenario. I want to explain what's going on really quick, really, really quick. Let me show you this now. Let me remove this banner. Now, here we have two young athletes. The one you're looking at is a boxer. His name is Devin Haney. And the other boxer he's fighting, as you can see on the banner before and right there, not him, but to the left. The camera's not on right now. His name is Regis Prograis from New Orleans. And for boxing fans, this is a pretty big fight. Bring the visual in a little better, maybe full screen so you can see. But if you hear them speaking, right, there's Devin Haney's father to his left, and Devin Haney is to the right, father and son. Let me explain, give a little background. I'm going to make this quick. Bill Haney is Devin Haney's father. Bill Haney, while I'm not too clear on the actual specifics, he was out there in the streets doing his thing. He got locked up, this man here who's speaking. Very intelligent brother, but he made some decisions that were bad. He did a good amount of time locked up. And he made up his mind that his son was not going to follow in his footsteps. And he says this, and he's saying this in this video. And now I think it's a real travesty where you have a father who made mistakes, but he took his time to raise his son in a way to hit him to what's going on in the world. So this is more than just boxing, but I thought it was a good idea since I follow boxing and I saw a point here to bring up because in the boxing world and in the world in general with these videos, because this fight is coming up on December 9th, and for boxing purists, this is a great fight. Devin Haney is undefeated. His father is instrumental in steering his career, connecting him with Floyd Mayweather and other notables. Devin Haney, his son, lives a very, very clean life. But because you have a black man who has a son and a son who has a black father who protects him and guides him in this system, it is not celebrated in the boxing world and it is not celebrated by the fans and not celebrated by the masses of people as a reflection of how sick and messed up we are. This is the thuggery part of it. Now, you see Regis prograde as the camera pans. But what I wanted to say is that this man in the black to the right, Regis prograde is there with the braids to the left. Great fighter, too, right? They're trash talking. But the trainer who's in the black, who's a grown man, started taking shots at Devin Haney. Now, this gets deep. And so here's Devin Haney. They're going back and forth. The trainer of Regis Prograde said, you're a runner. You don't really fight. You don't have a punch. That's the usual stuff they talk. 
But then this bald black man turns around and said, hey, you went to private school. I don't know if Devin Haney went to private school or not because he was a top amateur from 16 years old. He was, you know, he's in his early 20s now. But he went on to say, man, you ain't no real this. You ain't no real nigga, man. You went to private school. Hold it right there. What is wrong with a black male, a young black man having a father and a mother and going to private school? This black man to the right, don't know his name, never saw him before. He's ridiculing what we should be celebrating because we need more black men in our households, not just as males and penises as a plaything for the woman, but as a black man who has knowledge and wisdom who can guide his children through these shark-infested waters. This man here ridiculed the opponent, Devin Haney, as a sign of disrespect to say that you're not really an authentic black man because you went to private school. This is to illustrate how we've regressed, that we think we have to be thugs that we think we have to be pimps and that we're not black enough if we didn't get down in the streets and come up from the mud and come up from nothing. And I will tell you that I've known many who have come up from the mud, come up from the hoods, come up without formal education and have made a success of themselves professionally and personally, even those who sometimes may have come from the background of doing things that you shouldn't be doing as far as the law is concerned. But they turned it around like Bill Haney here has. So he ain't going for it when it comes to the career of his son, because if you know boxing, you know that that's a shark-infested industry. Dog eat dog. They don't give a damn. We see the fights, but they have to go through so much in the negotiations. And this is why I follow boxing so much. The fights are anticlimactic. I, I don't need to see It's okay. I want to see the business of boxing. But when I looked at the comment section of many of these videos that showcase this press conference to advertise this December 9th fight, which I believe is going to be in Oakland, California. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'll be watching it. I might do live commentary on it as a boxing fan and one who has followed for many decades. I got my first taste of boxing on March 8, 1971. And I was about eight years old, a month shy of eight, eight, eight years old, watching Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier in their first fight. I was still a comic book collector, but real black men became my heroes more so, especially also my father has always been my hero. And my mother, but I'm saying as a black father type of thing that we're talking about now. And this is what I'm going to say. That I have noticed in my own personal life growing up in America. I don't have that issue here. We never get down that deep here in passing when I deal with my brothers and sisters here. But in America, I realize why there was so much resentment toward me. Even back at a time when we had more black fathers. So with each passing year, 
these numbers increased of the absentee black fathers. But kudos to all those who were there for their children. Now, we know breakups happen, and we know divorces happen, and we know sometimes people can get together that are not meant for each other because it was a lust-driven thing. We understand that. But I can tell you that as each passing year went by, I began to notice a resentment, not from every young brother or sister who didn't come up with a father, because sometimes fathers pass away, right? That's unfortunate. But I noticed this more and more. I didn't know what the root was, that I had a loving, supportive father and a loving, supporting mother. It wasn't a big house. I thought it was big because I was so small. Growing up in Queens, New York, the houses were close together and a lot smaller than where I'm living now. But it was some place that brought a pleasant ache to my heart. And I wasn't thinking of it from the standpoint of there are others who don't have this, and I do. But there was so much love and support and camaraderie, and I can joke and talk with my parents, and they would answer questions and give me books and information and support me. At the age of 19, when I won, and I'm going to pull out that old funky photo again, when I won what they call the Natural Teenage Mr. America, it was my father who, upon leaving, because I had saved up enough money for the whole trip, I didn't want to tax them. My father, when I was walking out the door, flipped me an extra $300. $300? That was back in 1982. I was like, wow, because they supported me. Now, that's the past. That's 41 years, 41 and a half years ago. But it made me know that my parents loved and supported me, that whatever I did, whatever I did, and that stays with me to this very day, just the same way. Unfortunately, you may have those who didn't have that, and my heart goes out to them. And growing up, my father and my mother always had many come around who may not have had that birthday party, and they would have the birthday party for them in our house to fill in what they had as a void, a loving household. But I noticed at this age of 60 years old, a far cry from the 19 years old I was there 41 and a half years ago, that there are grown men that have harbored a, resent a resentment for me because I don't go around saying this all the time, but I do think and say I appreciate my upbringing and I love my parents. I don't say it in past tense because their energy is somewhere. It's present. They love me wherever they are, and I love them, and they did right by me. But there are some who are grown men who might even despise their fathers. And they hate me for having something so crucial and so instrumental in my development that they never had. Well, I'm not saying this in a way to brag. No. But I have to watch this now because I've come to understand how much I've been resented on 
because of this. So now you have this guy who says, yeah, well, you grew up with a father and you grew up and you went to private school. You ain't real. You ain't one of us. You ain't no real nigga. So for someone to say that, I say this, stay away from me. If the standard in the bar has been set so low. We have so many people out here who talk righteous for the hustle of getting between a woman's thigh. We have men who talk on YouTube so righteous and can't even stand their own fathers. But they'll talk about the benefits of fatherhood. But they will despise me for at least having that. And, and I still had trials and tribulations in my life from the bad decisions that I made. But if I didn't have them undergirding me and feeding me the crucial information and wiring me under the hood of my vehicle, so to say, I probably wouldn't have made it at all. You wouldn't even know who Lance Gerv is. I'd probably be locked up after making a super dumb decision, trying to keep not up, but keep down with these men who glorify foolishness. I'm a gunman. What fool would say this who has children coming up, that that's the only thing that you can say about your past is that you're a gunman? When was the last time you picked up a damn book to read? When was the last time you sought out information? These people live their lives on a low vibrational bottom feeder level. And those are the kind of people that I vehemently abhor and I will stay away from them. And I'm talking about black people right now. Low vibrational black people who don't want to see the standard of what we should be because they're now hook, line, and sinker on the propaganda of thuggery, if not sissification. And they have a resentment towards you. How many of you even had family members who may have been cousins who didn't have maybe the house that you have or the support and love that you have? And it doesn't mean it has to be a two-parent household. Maybe one of the parents passed away, but the mother carried on and gave that same support and love. It comes in many forms. I remember driving the bus. And this happened to me three times. If you drive a bus, you understand that that long bus is like a big subwoofer, like a sound stage, like where they have the big rounded structure behind it so all the sound projects out. I could hear conversations way in the back, conversations close by, but this is what happened to me several times, three times that I can count. There'd be a single mother who got on. And there would be maybe one child, two or three, maybe more. And when you drive the bus, doesn't mean everybody is clean. Sometimes they do drugs and get busted and get fired. But me, I'm a one who always got my sleep when I didn't do a show too late. <laughs> I drove 11 hours a day, four days out the week. I had great seniority. I had other gigs that me and Mrs. Scurve did after work into the wee hours, and I would still come in and do my show. So this doing it now, the foundation was set from many, many years ago with my content. So I'm not a Johnny come lately, a flash in a, a pan or a clout chaser. This is what I do every day, like brushing my teeth and washing my ass. Yes, I said it. When I'm sitting there, my eyes are clear. I'm not suffering a hangover. Well-fed, mannerable, 
articulate as we should be. And I would see the little child staring at me like she saw a ghost, but not in a fearful way, but just, you know, transfixed on like, wow, the male energy. And so most of the time it was a little girl. I think all three times it was a little girl. And they sat up front. Maybe this happened more than I know because they sat in the back and I didn't hear that part of the conversation. But I'm driving the bus and I glance out of the corner of my eye and I see a little girl looking at me. Maybe four years old, maybe five years old in every instance. And you know what that young girl asked their mother? I lie to you not. Mommy, mommy. What? What, Linda? What are you, what are you asking me? Mommy, is, is that my daddy? Wow. Man, I had to hold on to that wheel because I don't know if I was going to roll over in the gully or the gutter. Mommy, is that my daddy? Okay, obviously you don't know who your father is. And maybe I didn't look like him at all. What it said to me is that there was an absence of righteous male energy in that household. See, sometimes the wayward baby mamas, and you're not that, but I'm just saying that for effect, those will may have a man around for what goes on after midnight in the bedroom, or actually a male, not a man. I'm going to put the banner up because now you've got enough of the visuals there. And see what they're saying there? They're really getting heated and they're going to start talking about him going to private school and he's not a real nigger. Grown man saying that. So he, see, we can't say it's the youngsters anymore. Hip-hop and rap that has been hijacked has been around technically what they say, oh, a 50-year anniversary. It's more than that. It's more than that. And it's been hijacked to be used against us as propaganda. Because hip-hop back in the day was a beautiful thing. It wasn't the gunplay. It wasn't the ex exploitation of our sisters. Yeah, they might have wore a bikini and that was it. But it wasn't, you know, used in a way. So now we say hip-hop is bad, and yes, it is. But it wasn't before. And we do have independent artists that are speaking righteous stuff and lyrics but guess what? Those who control Hollywood and the entertainment industry that Kanye West had a problem with will not allow anything positive to come from us. It's one big round robin. It comes back around to promoting the sissification of us. It comes back around to promoting the thuggery of us. And this is why I said in the banner, what do black men really have or what choice do black men really have in this society? See, the choices in their system, which they're going to present you with a narrow watch of what you can be. You can only be a thought, only be a hooker, only be a stripper, only be a prostitute, only be a thug, only be a homosexual, only be one who hates his own black woman, only be one who loves only white women. There's limited and they love you when you're a soldier or a Marine and going to fight for their corporate causes. And when you get back, they show you their ass. But tell me this, even going back to the imagery of the African men kissing, 
Were they put on artificial intelligence to Hasidic? You know what I'm talking about. Them people. Right? Would they show pictures of them doing that? Oh, hell no. They're not going to have a photo of their women, although a lot of their women do things who may not actively practice what they call their faith. But they're not going to put them out there like that. But us, we readily sop it up. We readily sop it up. As it's a good thing to us because our enemy put their stamp of approval on it. You understand? So let me remove this. I'm being played. We're going to just have the banner on. I'm going to wrap this down in a few minutes. I still have to make my phone call. There's so much that we have to talk about. I see you here, Yolisa. How are you? You're right. They hate real men who love being African. Yeah. But these low vibrational Negroes, I don't want to be bothered with them anymore. You have enough time to learn some sense. These low vibrational Negroes who like the trainer of, of, of uh, Regis Prograde is saying that you're not real because you went to private school. You're not real because you got a daddy. You're not real because you have a father. And I have to say, I will give credit to my sisters, even those who may be of the low vibrational variety. And that's not a put down. It is what it is. You want the weatherman to be your friend and tell you every day that it's going to be a bright, sunny day when he knows it's going to be a storm so heavy that it's going to cause flash flooding. And he's trying to be cool with you and tell you how sunny it's going to be. And you don't bring an umbrella. Now you wet. Now you're really mad at him. Why did you lie to me? I can be your friend, acquaintance, associate. But one thing I'm not going to do is lie to you. But one thing I'm going to tell the truth on. That when many of our African black sisters, either from the motherland or in the diaspora, and I'm focusing on those in America that I know so well, the low vibrational variety, don't knock me for saying that. You know good and damn well what I mean by that. When they have trauma in their lives, what I've found Yes, they can be catty toward each other, competitive, a little jealous, trying to take each other's man. I understand that that's the world in which they live in. They know no better. But there's an indestructible element to that low vibrational African black woman. That, that essence that you can reach as a mother when they feel for the child of the next one. And when they come to each other with their own trauma that they have to suffer in their life, they care for each other more. Even if they may be a hoochie mama, as you say, or a fat, which means thirsty hoe over there. I'm not saying it. I'm like the news reporter or the weatherman. I'm telling you what's going on. They have more of a feeling to speak to each other in a very soothing, healing, and loving manner even though they may be on a low vibrational trajectory at that point until they wake up. 
but many black men who may have gone through trauma, who may have gone through pain from the absence of that male guidance, that real man, that real father, they will throw off on some who had that or have that. And when you're holding on to that that way and can't face your trauma, I can't help you. You're going to do nothing but hate on me. Because I took time to absorb the lessons given by both my parents. Well, we're speaking about fathers now. And the self-hate from these low vibrational niggas who hate on a person like myself. I never went to private school, but I was afforded so many wonderful and great experiences and opportunities to grow, to excel. And maybe with all that was feeded into me, maybe I'm a low achiever on that level because there was a lot of greatness expected out of me. But I made bad decisions in relationships and different things and not going up the wrong road to end up in prison or jail, but just wasted a little time, which gave me a life experience that's so valuable to me now, in addition to what was given to me early on. So maybe I might be a late bloomer at 60 years old. I think so. Let's check me back at 70 years old if the creator gives me that much time and watch how much I do in the next 10 years. Because there's no time wasted. I have cleaned house. I'm living a monk-like life, which I love. Because to be real, I had enough excitement. And I'm glad to be alive. It was a clean bloodstream, if you know what I mean. So I salute all of those fathers and mothers, but especially the fathers, because, you see, a mother can give to a daughter certain things that the father can't, although he can give a lot. The father can give to the son a lot of things that the mother can't. Right? It doesn't mean our sisters have not done a good job, but it's better with two. And in this atmosphere of the black community today overall, I don't know where this came from, where the thuggery is honored as being the standard and epitome for us as black men, not just black males. It's two different things. Like Chris Rock said, you got black people and you got niggas. And niggas are alive and well today. People say don't use that word. Well, why shouldn't I use the word to describe the actions of what you're doing in your life every day? Stop acting like a nigga and we'll kill the word. We got niggas out here who are so low, low vibrational things that when somebody other than them, in other words, you're a nigger, they don't be calling me no nigger. What you mean? You acting like one. You acting like one. I don't get mad if somebody calls me a homosexual, but they use the F word, the six letter F word, because I'm not that. So you hoping to get a rise out of me for something I'm not, it ain't going to work. I know who I am and I know my value. I knew this from birth. So going back to the original, if you're a low vibrational male who is pissed off because you don't dig your father, and on his watch of not watching over you, some other dude stuck his penis in your mouth and now you're struggling. 
I quit, trust me, I figured it out with a lot of people that I know around me who are not around me anymore. You're struggling. You're trying to be an alpha male, but you question yourself because deep down, that was unfortunate what happened to you, but you still kind of got a little taste for something in the back of your mind. There's a lot of complex things going on with many of us. And I'm very comfortable in who I am. I'm a flaming heterosexual. I'm comfortable in my manhood, and I don't have anything to prove. All I do is shine righteously. Not for any narcissistic reason, but that's what I'm made to do under the onslaught of what is happening to us. They say be an example, and when you try to be an example, they crucify you for it. That's niggas for you. That's what they are. And from this day forward, I have no regard for them because you want to stay there. I'm talking about you a gunman. I'm like, me, I got mine. Gunman. <laughs> you dumbass. That's why you won't be sugar and honey iced tea to anything in this world as long as you hold on to that and glorify that. Sisters out here calling themselves B-I-T-C-A. Yeah, bitch. I'm, 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 a, I'm a dope bitch. I'm the best bitch. I'm the man. I'm an effing this and that. No. You've reduced the sanctity of your coochie when you talk and think that way. A man would be a fool to want to impregnate you and raise us righteous family with inferior building materials. And what right man would want to go and deal with somebody like that? Even if you're just thinking on a carnal pleasure level, you can get that woman pregnant. Don't come complain to me when you got to deal with all these issues for the rest of your life because you are only, only thinking on a level of lust. I told you I'm going to keep it real from now on. I always did. But now I'm going to let it all hang out. I'm going to scrape everything out the jaw from now on. You know how that is. When you got a little toothpaste and you keep telling yourself, I got to get more toothpaste, I got to get more toothpaste, and you've been squeezing it out, now it's an empty tube. And you squeeze that little bit that's right, right from the bottom, now you got to cut it open and put the toothbrush inside and get it out. And that's, nah, I'm going to get it, let it all hang out. There'll be no question as to how I feel. And if I step on your toes after completely explaining it, see, this is why I make sure to preface anything I say with a disclaimer to let you know exactly where I'm coming from. Don't come to me mad. Why are you going to talk to me and call me low vibration? Well, if you act in low vibrational and you are that, you are that. If you're not that, it doesn't pertain to you. There's so many people, especially here on social media, man, I want more hits, man. I can't say nothing about that because they ain't going to hit me. I don't care. I don't care. Things will never change if you care about the decadent mentalities of the world and trying to be friendly with them. I'm not out here to be friends. If we become friends, it's righteous. I welcome it. But I'm not here to just please everybody. I don't give a damn if you don't like what I'm saying. I've seen it over 60 years of my life. And I was much more conscious at a younger age than many of these youngsters now. And I hate to use that word conscious. Because it don't take much to be conscious. You a little kid 
standing over the toilet bowl taking a pee-pee. You don't have to be labeled. You're already conscious because you aim the pee in the bowl. Come on now. And I can't understand why so many men, as big as that toilet bowl is, they come over your house and pee all over the floor. But when there's pleasure involved, as small as that orifice is, you don't miss that now, do you? I think I got her pregnant. But you pissed on my floor. Nigga, please. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not going to play no music at the end because they, they, they come in at this channel so much. Feel free to donate. This is my job. And I need to pay for programs and different things to keep the program going. If not, oh, well, we'll move on to other things. But whatever, you know, it's, it's, it is what it is, and I'm going to say it. On that note, I have a call to make to Brother Issa Muhammad. I'm going to try to get him on soon. And um, today, shortly, I'm going to grab a bite to eat because Brother Man ain't eat yet. It's already 4.09 p.m. in West Africa here in Ghana, and it's 12.09 on the East Coast. I know that. And I run my shows to cater to the East Coast. Again, like, share, and subscribe. Thank you all very much. I'm not going to play any music today because they're going to strike me and come and get me and all this stuff. We're going to keep it verbal right now. Right? It's been wonderful. Thank you all. I will be back later on and I have a whole crap load of work to do. And don't forget we have Dr. A Day tomorrow night. I will announce the exact time. It might be again 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It may not be that, but whatever it is, we did six hours yesterday. Go check Landscurve.com, we have it uploaded and we have it here on YouTube. And make sure to share these links and, and leave your comments and always go to Landscurve.com. That's the organic place that will always be, whether they boot me off of these, pro, uh, these platforms for speaking what I deem to be the truth. Much love to you all. Take care. And I'll see you later on or very soon. Hey, this is Austin Lawyer. You're listening to the Lance Perp Show. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Cause it's the war on the real, baby, look outside. The war on the real, baby, look out. Cause it's the war on the real, baby, look outside. The war on the real, baby, look out. Cause it's the war on the real, baby, look outside.